How do? It's Old New Borrowed Who, the meandering biography podcast hosted by two Joshes who are so hot right now. Uh, each episode we explore the life of a famous actor deciding whether they'd be naughty or nice and then look over three of their films and discuss what we liked and how we could have made it better. Or is it even possible? Uh, my name is Josh Hooten, the host sat in a dressing gown, dancing with his titties, eating fried chicken. And sat across from me, as always, uh, is Josh Jones. I am the host who... Uh... Can't quite get that last bit of we out. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, yes, hello and welcome back uh, to another episode of um, Old New Borrowed Who. And yeah, very exciting as you can maybe be able to work out who we're talking about. But we're going to get away from that for a second because I finally watched a film I've been waiting about four years for to come out. <laughs> um, yeah. And we're going to discuss it ever so slightly, not too much because it's just come on to Amazon Prime. Um, yes, directly, and has, yeah. it's the Green Knight starring Dev Patel of Skins and Slumdog Millionaire fame. Skins was he in Skins? He was in the first season of Skins. Yes, uh, uh, first two uh, seasons. He was uh, the Nicholas Holt era of Skins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was with him. The classics. But <laughs> the classics. Yes, yeah, so, so it's what I'm going to show my kids. You know, <laughs> these are the classics. It's like your dad now shows you Faulty Towers. Go <laughs> Skins. <laughs> yeah, it's finally come out. Um, and for some reason, not showing in every cinema. Yeah, you did say. I don't. I, I think it's a twenty-four. They're indie. I don't think the lighthouse was on it. Cineworld, uh, yeah, it was. was it? It was on was Cineworld. It? it was. It was picked up by Cineworld and View. Um, so it was Midsummer. So like a twenty-four was big enough. So Uncut Gems didn't really get a release either. It was it was Netflix only yeah. and just limited release. But yeah, a twenty-four is normally a bit bigger now. And I think this is one of those ones that's been hyped up and it's got a young British acting star. You, you thought maybe they'd. Uh... Do you think it's hyped more because of the? Um, like the the it's hyped more within the film loving community. I think than it, it is, is definitely in the, in the popular. Probably it probably is far world. more. It's more the the, the the film. Yeah, mm, yeah, <laughs> this film's coming. Um, which yeah, probably. And I mean, if it's got a the kind of people who, who love a bit of a <laughs> literally if a twenty four is slapped on it, it's weird. <laughs> it's that's I mean that's a conversation in itself. That the fact that a production company has now got a following, which just feels weird. You wouldn't follow the Weinstein company, would you? Oh, really? I don't know. I I think. For, to follow Miramax wasn't a, a far shot. They normally put out some very good films. They do, but I mean, A24, you know, sort of, you're getting like yeah. more indie style, but like yeah. bigger bigger budget, I suppose. And they're now teaming up with Apple for pretty much everything as well. Yeah, which, which is, is awesome. Which is fun, because I think it started maybe with Boy State. I know Boy State was, came out on uh, Apple TV, the documentary about the. Um, I don't know whether it was. No, I was going to say that Greyhound wasn't A twenty four, was it? I don't know. It wasn't. It was just it was just an Apple um, original. Mm. But yeah, uh, Greenlight came out. Yeah, and it's it's basically what it was promising. It's very, you. very, very, very good. Yeah, beautifully um, shot and just it's mesmerised, confusing. It's you could feel like you're in some sort of haze dream watching it, couldn't you? Really, it's it's a it's an, yeah it's sense addling experience. Yeah, there are some really beautiful moments and. There are some bits that make you feel very detached from the world you live in, which is good because it's not the world we live in. No, I, I love the fact they've picked up a random story that we all sort of have some link to some parts of it, but it's sort of an unknown. You know, it's there's just a yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a uh, old it's old school, old school England. Oh well, it's yeah, King King Arthur, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say medieval, which I think is right, but it's not, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I don't know why. No, I was thinking Middle Ages, which isn't oh. right. Medieval is right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, medieval. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
Well worth a watch, though. I'm not going to give anything away. And it's got some great performances. It's got, um, obviously, Dev Patel. Joel Edgerton's great in it as well. Yeah, um, he's very good. Uh, I, I love him in everything. Ev- everyone's favorite, <laughs> favorite Irish boy who's in everything at the moment. I can never remember his name. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant. Uh, from 71 and... Um, History of the Ke- true uh, true history of the Kelly Bank gang and, and, uh, and calm with horses. Yes, um, but he's in loads of things and also um, uh, from Ex Machina. Right? Isn't Ex Machina the lady from it? Yes, it is. Um, Not Oscar Isaac, uh, wasn't it? No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I know her name. Tomb Raider. Yeah. I've got no fucking name. Uh, it begins with an A. I want to say Anna, Ali, Ali, I want to say Alice, Anna Karenina, no, but it's Ali, wrong. <laughs> Alicia Vikander. That sounds right. Yeah. It's definitely Vikander, but is it Alicia? It might be. I think so. Knows, but yeah, really good performances all out. Really enjoyable film. It's not going to be for everyone, but well worth a watch. Yes. I think that's where we go. We're not going to give anything away of it. But yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the actual episode. So I didn't hear uh, from anyone about the clue this week, and I thought it was a nice, nice, gentle clue. Um... But it doesn't help that we've allowed less time for people to see it written down. Normally we get it after it's been written, because um, that's just how people process it better. Um, so, anyway, the clue was, if you were on Sir Kingsley's boat, and it was going off course, you would need to use this. Sir Kingsley is obviously Sir Ben Kingsley, and to write a boat and to steer it, use a tiller. So it's Ben's tiller, it's Ben Stiller. Yes, we're doing Ben Stiller this, this, this week. Um, obviously from our lovely... Leading the piss line, which is his father, and yes. um, chicken tits, which is him from Dodgeball. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Silla, what do you know about him before we get into the episode? Oh, sweet jack shit about him as a person. He's a- everywhere, but I, I couldn't tell you a single thing about who he's... Oh, no, no. You, uh, think, you think Is he's he got... married to... The, is he not married to the woman in Zoolander who's opposite him? He's in a lot of lot of the films, yes. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about them, but yeah, he's married to her. Um all I, also all I knew is he's quite short, he's five foot six. Mm. And he's got f- his father and mother in showbiz as well. And that's pretty much mm. all I knew about Ben Stiller before I dived into this, because obviously Jerry Stiller shows up in a lot of his lot of his stuff. Yeah. Nice. Love love Jerry Stiller. Love Maury Ballstein. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always think of him as um Costanza. Oh, yes. Frank. Yeah. Oh, it's just the Dad, Costanza from Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, before we go through um, his life, just want to say, as usual, I've used IMDb, Wikipedia for some more information, along with Britannica, biography.com. There's stuff on him everywhere. So, lots of places to corroborate information for him. So, so you hope it's accurate. Ah, who cares? <laughs> who cares? I mean, I might, I might add some extra flair in here. Who, who knows? <laughs> um, let's dive into his childhood then. You're too old to be standing. So, on November 30th, 1965, Benjamin Edward Mira Stiller was born. Uh, he was born and raised in New York uh, on the Upper West Side, because he fancy like that. Um, but yeah, Upper West Side is obviously quite a nice area of New York, bordering Central Park. Um, oh, is that what that is? Yeah, it's, there, it's near Hell's Kitchen, is actually near it, which is, isn't as nice. But um, I was going to say, that's up towards Harlem and stuff, is all the, the, the north bit. That's yeah. just. Oh! But Upper West is just before you hit the reservoir, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's the nice, it's the nice part yeah. of, nice part of it. That's where the the history museum is. I believe so. I'm I'm not a New York ex- expert. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's where the. Yeah. Please write in on a postcard. Yes. So he was born to a celebrity family, obviously of Jerry Stiller and Anne Mira. Uh, Stiller was a comedian and actor from a Jewish family that emigrated from Poland. Uh, Mira, also a comedian and actor from a Catholic background, but is now reformed. Uh, is now reformed Jewish after the marriage. 
So both of them, comedian, actors, um, they had a show together for a while and she had her own sort of thing. So, yeah, uh, both actors and comedians in their own rights, not, mm. not on the back of either or. So Stiller is the youngest of two siblings. His older sister, Amy, is also an actor. She's been in quite a few of his films. Um, I think she's in... I think she was in Zoolander. I think she was in Old School. She's in. She just shows up occasionally. Um, Does she? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I'd recognise her. I don't recognise her, really. I think if you got a picture of her, you'd go, oh, yeah, that's her. It's not like she's doing anything sort of big outside mm. of that. But, yeah, so he had an interesting childhood, she's understandably. Hanging with the, the, mod, oh. the modern frat pack, isn't it? Oh, the frat pack. We'll talk about, we'll talk about <laughs> the frat pack in a bit, yeah. Okay. It's not uh, not really the modern frat pack, because the frat pack is the modern... Oh, the modern frat pack is now Seth Rogen and that, isn't it? Oh well, oh, but he's the bridge. Well, they're the Apato Mafia, is what they're oh, called. Oh, is that what they're called? <laughs> yeah, uh, I meant like because the frat pack. There wasn't really a frat pack before. That was the brat pack before that, wasn't there? Which oh, was right. like the actual actors, and you had the frat pack alongside, and then right, okay, sorry, yeah. yes, and then the rat pack, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, the Apato Mafia, great, great name. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he had a really, really fun, interesting childhood as his parents never kept him out of the Hollywood lifestyle, not mm. meeting celebrities. So he grew up among the stars and mainly spent time trying to work out why his parents were so popular. Couldn't work <laughs> out. He was like, I don't get it. Why, why are these people so popular? Like, obviously, comedians, they're going to be mm. surrounded and also actors, which helps. Um, it was considered unusual to him. There were lots of late nights, a lot of traveling, uh, ultimately not a traditional upbringing, is no. how he puts it. Which isn't shocking. I think if your parents aren't gonna, I think you find that a lot though, isn't it? I suppose if you your both parents are in it, it's harder to shield them from mm. the the. Light. I think it's cool that it sounds like they accepted, like they just sort of they rolled with it, yeah, in a good way. Yeah, I, I think that's, I, that's. I mean, I think that's, if I was in that situation, I'd probably do it. Go look, this is. But you know, you've got to shield it in a way that the kids aren't doing drugs at an early age. I think oh, if you yeah. got responsible, like they're responsible. I mean, I think they probably drank. I mean, if you look at. If you listen to mm. uh, let's say, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry. that was the wrong thing. Jerry Stiller, yeah. he definitely drank and spoke a lot, but it's just what happened there. Um, so he's never brought up particularly uh, religious, again, both Hanukkah and Christmas. So you got the best of both worlds. Mm. Um, but he did ce- celebrate a bar mitzvah. So he is a man, yes. which is good. He's a whole man. He's a whole lot of man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At five foot six. At five foot six. That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> Next to Stiller, I'm considered taller. <laughs> Not tall, taller. Yeah. <laughs> um, when he was young, he and his sister used to put on shows at home and film them on his Super 8 camera. Amazing. Obviously. Uh, obviously, at that point, he liked being both on screen and doing directing, something he continued later on with his career. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these films were... <laughs> a lot of these films he would make were him being awkward and shy, where he would get picked on and then overcome the odds and get revenge. A true underdog story is how I've titled that. But a lot oh, of his films classic. are that sort of ilk now, aren't they? I suppose he's often a bit browbeaten and badgered. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I think he's all. Yeah, but I think he's always the. You know, he's always the leading man. He's always lovable. Yeah, not not always. I mean, we've got Happy Gilmore as his little bit part in that. He's the uh, dick who runs the the care home that his grand lives in and stuff. Oh like that. my god! Yeah, I'd forgotten about um, that. Yeah, but yes, he but he's he's normally comes across quite not beleaguered, but sometimes quite sometimes quite arrogant in his thinking. Think sometimes a bit better than people, mm. but getting right. There's normally a moral to his sort of comedy, yeah. which I think is sort of continued on. Mm. Um, but yeah, he did appear in several bit parts as a kid for his mother's show. 
um, among other little other shows and stuff, but only like small parts. So he wasn't like a stage kid. He was still studying normally. He attended like a normal school in New York where he graduated from called the Calhoun School, um, which is also where Jordan Peele graduated from. Oh, cool. It's like a K to pre-12. It's like basically a full, you go there and you stay in that same school the whole way through. Right. Um, but the new super schools they're doing in the UK, but they've been doing in America for, for longer. Um, so he did, graduated there. No one else really notable from there. There's a few other alumni, but they, they focus on performing arts there. Mm. Um, he began, um, at, when he left, he decided to become an opening act on a cabaret circuit before he decided to enroll in film school. Doing what? Stand-up? Uh, singing and acting oh, really? stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, he, he did a lot. He did a bit of more theatre and singing stuff beforehand. I can't imagine him singing. I don't think I've seen him sing. I haven't, but only I have it only in like little comedy, like, like it's a little like under the breath singing, never like a big proper song, not no. like not like an Adam Driver at the end of Marriage I Story. I can't you know? imagine him singing. Ben Stiller, I can't imagine what his voice sounds like when singing. No. I can't, because all I can think of is his voice when he's like, oh, I'm annoyed now. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't really a singing voice, but I don't know, I couldn't find anything. I did look for him singing, because yeah, I, yeah. I actually watched a video of celebrities you wouldn't expect to sing, and there was all celebrities from musicals. I was like, well, how was I not... What do you mean I don't expect these people to sing? <laughs> but he wasn't on there. Oh, it was like John C. Riley and stuff. Oh, it was like, oh, here's Emma Stone. You're like, oh, yeah, who would have thought that? <laughs> Ryan Gosling. You're like, yeah, oh, right, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that. Hugh Jackman, thanks for that. Um, but yeah, he went to enrol in film school in UCLA, so uh, mm. the college in Los Angeles. But he left uh, during the first year. <laughs> he was there for nine months and mm. quit. He decided it wasn't for him. Um, and he went back to New York and began auditioning for an agent. Oh, cool. So decided he was going to go do that, just cut out the middleman and go mm. straight there. So he started getting some theatre work. He was involved in the multiple Tony um, Award winning play, The Blue ha- uh, the House of Blue Leaves. I think it won four Tonys. Cool. Um, whilst he was acting on stage, though, he was also working on a shoot, few short films, um, which were noticed by SNL. Um, I'm trying to remember what, because I didn't write it down. He did one which was a spoof of The Colour of Money. And I think he called it like, The Hustle hustle of, or, hustle of Money or something along those right, lines. Okay. But he got picked, seen by SNL, and they were like, oh, we like this. They put it on the show. Um, and then, a, like a year later, he then became an actual player, like a featured player on SNL. Yeah, that's very um, cool. Which is pretty cool. Uh, also during that time, because I think it was it was eighty seven, he got mm. he put their thing up. Then eighty eight was Empire of the Sun, so he got his first acting role, right. a little bit part there. Yeah. And then eighty nine, he was actually a feature player on mm. SNL. So, although that's when his acting career started, it was sort of yeah. not really his acting career start. I think SNL though basically propelled made him, into, him yeah. made him because after that he um, did get his own show called the Ben Stiller Show. Did he? Um, yeah, which was like all sketches. He, he won an Emmy for his uh, Ben Stiller show for really? outstanding wow. comedy writing. Um, but yeah, then he obviously wrote those and then he started developing um, some of his sketches into longer length films. Mm. Thus we made um, his leap into the actual film, film world. Fil- film world. Yeah, he's, yeah, so since then he's now writing, acting, directing and producing. And I think he's got about 100 credits on IMDb. So. A lot. He's a busy boy. He's a busy boy, but yeah. His basic... I think he's one of the most... I mean, obviously, this entire podcast, we do celebrities, but I do think he is one of the most recognisable faces that we will do. Oh, yeah, I think... I mean, you know Ben Stiller when you see Ben Stiller. I mean, mm. if you show... So, I think I think you're hard-pressed to find anyone of any generation at this point who hasn't seen a Ben Stiller film, because he does so many. I think... Like, as in such yeah. a broad span. I would say, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think, basically, it's from... I'd say from our parents' generation. I think anyone in there about... 
50s, 60s, mm. probably recognised. But anyone older than that might have missed him, you know. But mm. it's it's from that age onwards, I reckon you know who Ben Stiller yeah, is. Yeah. Even with stuff more recent, like Secret Life of Walter Mitty, mm. which was an over-the-top Stiller, I don't know if you'd get someone from a from like the 80s, <laughs> someone in their 80s to come and see it. But Oh, right, yeah, yeah, I get that. That's what I mean. But yeah, but yeah I, I've, as you said, very recognisable, big person, big personality, and people know who he is on, mm. on, on stage. Yeah. Do you want, should we go and have a little look at his uh, personal life then? Yeah. Well, a little dive in. So, uh, Stiller has dated several actresses through his years, such as Amanda Peet from The Whole Nine Yards, uh, Kalista Flockhart, Ali McBeal from Ali McBeal, um, and Jan uh, Triplehorn from Basic Instinct. Not Obviously not um, Sharon Stone, the yeah. other one. <laughs> um, but he did marry, in 2000, uh, Christine Taylor. That's her name, yeah. That's, that's her. She's probably... Uh, the biggest known for her work with Stiller. I think they met on the set of Arrested Development, is what it says, but that feels like that's too late for them to have met. Um, that's so, definitely too late. Because I think that was about 2003 where she was um, the love interest of Michael Bluth. Because he comes in for a couple of episodes, Stiller does, doesn't he? Yeah, that's. But but even then, that's. That's that post seri- That series was. That's series three that that happens in. Yeah, it's, I and think that's, that's I think it started even... in two thousand and I think it started in two thousand and two, two thousand and three. Yeah. Um, they were, however, I did see that they were in a failed sort of TV pilot that they went for, which is probably oh, where they actually did yeah, meet. Yeah. So, yeah, but they married in two thousand, married in Hawaii, lovely. Um, they also have a daughter and a son together. They have Ella Olivia and Quinlan Dempsey. Nice. Uh, he goes by Quinn. Obviously, I don't know why they put Quinn in brackets, like. The kids going around introducing, hello, I'm Quinlan. Mm. Um, that, that kid's getting beaten up, <laughs> is, is what I'm going to say. Um, but after 17 years of marriage, they did split. So they did divorce in 2017. Uh, well, they split. They have since re- uh, reconciled this year in 2021. It didn't is say, that right? didn't yeah. say they divorced. They said they split. So I don't know if they separated yeah, and they've yeah. now come back together. But yeah, they've, they've four years apart oh, from I each other. Oh, I had no idea. Neither did I. Obviously, it wasn't big reporting news. Well, but... I guess unless one of them files, I think I think celebrities split up a lot more than they get divorced. Well, yeah, I, 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 I mean, it's, it sounds like it's a hard <clears throat> lifestyle when you're thinking, mm. well, people here are struggling bill to bill, but mm. no, you're in public limelight and you've got that sort of thing, haven't you? It's a very different world. That's odd timing as well because I'm pretty sure that's around the series of Curb Your Enthusiasm where they turn up as the Stillers. Oh really? Yeah, because they they turn up in the series with Mel Brooks and David Schwimmer, because they're doing Ben Stiller's in the producers <laughs> with, uh, uh, with David name? Schwimmer. No, uh, well, no, David Schwimmer re- replaces Ben Stiller because him and Larry David don't get on, but oh, they're okay. in there, and it's definitely the two of them, and I think that's around like two thousand sixteen, seventeen. Well, you never know. It could be just something that mm. happens, isn't it? But... Who, um, I know we're talking about his personal life. This is sort of personal life, yeah. isn't it? It's probably his friendship group. But I can't remember what his sort of class of SNL was. Who else was on there with him? Oh. Was it Owen Wilson and that? No, he was never SNL, was he? No, Will Ferrell was. Um, oh, so I don't know if Will, Will Ferrell might, might be in the same sort of time. Because I, I to me, they're, Ben Stiller's like quite the same era as like Adam Sandler. But I know that they weren't really... They didn't cross on SNL. Or maybe I, they did briefly. Ben but... Stiller, I think, was earlier again. Yeah. Because he was on SNL and then he left to do his show. And that was early 
90s the Ben Stiller show came out I think it was mm. 92, 93 mm. around then and obviously you got to think Happy Gilmore was after Adam Sandler got kicked out I think he was only in it for about three years and that was 96 so I imagine mm. Stiller left as Sandler comes in so yeah. I don't think there's even an overlap between Stiller and uh, Will Ferrell but yeah because Will Ferrell was pre-Sandler was it? yes he was because he was there with Norm MacDonald and yeah. all those wasn't he so mm. I don't know. I haven't looked at what his class but I just because because I always you know I to me I always think of Ben Stiller and like Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell. They're all quite sort of synonymous. Well, that's I, I think I'll, I'll jump to it now. That the Frat Pack obviously is yeah. what is is what that is. And I mean, you've got the key the key members of the, like the the founding members as it's called. I haven't written all this down. This is mm. from what I've read. Is Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell, mm. and then the two Wilson brothers, Owen and Luke. Luke. Yeah. So they're the sort of ones. Like, if you look at old school, it's sort of like. Start yeah, it. it's your, your wedding crashes and that sort of thing. And then obviously you get other people get brought in. I think like Paul Rudd's been brought in. John C. Riley's been brought in. Jack Black is one of the original members as well. He's considered part of the frat oh, really? pack as well. So they were all brought... They're all the same sort of time. And then the there's... What did they do together? Who? Jack uh, Black. Jack Black and, and Ben Stiller were in Envy. They've also done a couple of other ones together. Uh, Tropic Thunder as well, obviously, yeah, later course. on. Um, but yeah, it's sort of... Was Jack Black SNL? Uh, don't know. I, I I haven't looked into Jack Black's life. I wonder if we'll ever do a Jack Black episode because that would be. I don't think he's fun. got anything fucking coming out. Who knows? It's Jack Black. I might do a throwback like this one. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's. I haven't really looked into it. But he, then obviously talking of that. He, so in the frat pack, there's about thirty five central films of the frat pack catalog. Right. Um, okay. And he's uh, been part of twenty of them. Wow. So yeah, I mean the directors. Are, Sort of the three main ones, as far as I could work out, were Wes Anderson, Todd Phillips, and the Farrelly Brothers. Right, okay. And obviously Todd Phillips, old school, and mm. all those, and now the Joker, so has now broken out because that's the same guy. I was going to say Todd Phillips. Yeah, he's just won an Oscar. Yeah, it's yeah. He's <laughs> oh no, he job. didn't win the Oscar. But then it's like Wes Anderson yeah. as well is also nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, so yeah. there's there's obviously merit to it. Um, funnily enough, uh, still claims there isn't a frat pack even though there clearly is a frat pack. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. The person who speaks most openly about the frat pack seems to be Paul Rudd. Like, yeah, I, I'm part of it. They, they <laughs> initiated me. I'm sort of like a fledge and all this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then there's obviously the link to the um, uh, Apatow Mafia because he, he did Judd Apatow and Ben Stiller worked closely on the Ben Stiller show. So they've got a linking it's together. Right, yeah. And then obviously the Apatow sort of freaks and geeks where you got all the Seth Rogans and yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny McBride's and Craig Robinson. But this is the thing because they, you know, they're... People like Will Ferrell and stuff feel like the bridge between those two. Yeah, well, they're groups they, because sort of they set... do all sort of do, and especially Paul Rudd as well. You know, like to me, oh, and Steve Carell, I consider part of the frat pack, and obviously you've got Steve like... Carell is one of the ones that comes in later. He gets joined yeah. into it later, yeah. Because then you've got like Forty Year Old Virgin, which is like them, but then it's also your Seth Rogen and Paul yeah. Rudd, like they, yeah. And then obviously Anchorman, which sort of mixes them all together. Again, Jack Black, Ben Stiller, mm. and um, all of the all of Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah, Jack Black's in that. Isn't yeah, because he kicks Baxter, <laughs> kicks Baxter off the uh, bridge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the frat pack. Really interesting, worth looking into. They've made millions and millions, so it's obviously a very successful thing to. They're all they're all great. I'd wa- I'd watch any film that they do. To be honest, I used to struggle I, with I Will Ferrell a lot, and now really? I, now I'm much more into Will Ferrell. I yeah. Love Will Ferrell. Um, but yes, where were we? Oh yeah, so Stiller is uh, adopted a vegetarian lifestyle. Okay. Uh, the reason he did it was due to health reasons. Him and his wife did it at the same oh, time. Interesting. Uh, so Spencer is also an adamant supporter of the Democratic Party. 
He's donated to money to several campaigns, including John Kerry, Barack Obama, John Edwards, and Hillary Clinton. So he's only one. Cool. So he's not a great gambler. That's one out of four. So. <laughs> um, he's also an avid Trekkie. Is he? Massive Trekkie fan, which is why his production company is called Red Hour Productions. It's due to a Star Trek episode, because that was to do with the timing. Hilarious. In so yeah, love Star Trek. And you'll notice he tries to put comments and stuff about it in there. It doesn't surprise me that he's a Trekkie either. In all honesty, out of all of that sort of group, he's, I wouldn't have ever had him pegged as a nerd. Really? No. I no. I think I think I could see most of them being into nerd. Not him, and not like Vince Vaughn and stuff. <laughs> Vince Vaughn, I think, is the biggest nerd out of all of them. Oh yeah, because he does D and D and stuff, doesn't he? Oh, he loves, he loves it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe. They're all. Yeah. Let's be honest. They're nerd, all nerds. Nerds isn't nerds anymore, is it? Nerds. No. I mean, uh, watching Parks and Rec at the moment. There's people making Star Star Wars references, and they're like, it's not even that nerdy Star no. Wars. And everyone go, oh, likes Star nerdy. Wars now. Everyone yeah. likes Star Wars. <laughs> um. Other less fun news, um, Silla was diagnosed with Lyme disease in 2010. He got that whilst he was on holiday in Nantucket. Um, did he say to... fuck it? Yes, he did. He, he did a whole limerick about it. <laughs> um, and he was also diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2014, but was declared cancer-free the same year after he had his prostate removed. Oh, shit. So, yeah, I, I, I was going to end on the frat pack information, but uh, mm. we're ending on prostate cancer as, as that. Yeah. But Yeah, I, I didn't hear anything about but... that either. Lyme disease you get from ticks. Yeah, yeah, but you can. It's curable. Yeah, it is. If it gets treated and diagnosed, it can be quite dangerous. Yeah, no, sorry. I know yeah. it's very dangerous, but when you the way you said it, when you said it was like, oh, he got Lyme disease in this year, I thought you were going to be like, but oh, equally, he was, he was, it was all solved. Or is he just wandering was, no, around? No, no, with... he's fine now, but it was quite serious. He was like right. rushed to hospital with it oh, and fuck, stuff like that. So it was fair. quite quite a big thing, but... I'd... It doesn't sound as... It's not as bad as cancer, let's be honest. It's a Lyme disease. Lyme disease pretty... Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, I was not, to not, to dimi- <laughs> not to diminish Lyme, Lyme disease, but yeah, also... Yeah. not to diminish cancer. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's sort of him. You wouldn't want life. either. No, I, I wouldn't <laughs> want either. You're right. I, I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> so, should we have a look and see if he was naughty or nice? Yeah, go on then. Uh, do you reckon he's naughty or nice before we start? Naughty. You reckon naughty, do you? Okay, let's start with some nice stuff then. So, Stiller supports uh, a various number of charities, uh, such as Declare Yourself, um, and the Elizabeth Glazer Pediatric AIDS Foundation, and the Starlight Starbright Children's Foundation. It's a lot of um, children foundation that he works together with. Um, In 2010, Stiller, together with Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox and Robin Williams and others, starred in the Cove PSA, My Friend Is, which is an effort to stop the slaughter of dolphins. Um, and he was also appointed the Goodwill Ambassador for UNHCR on July 2nd, 2018. Um, I'm not even sure what the UN... Yeah, but we know all about these, um, these ambassadors. The, yeah, United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. Wow. Which is a good sounding one, cool. isn't it? Very yeah. cool. So, but I feel like you're about to hit me with the sort of, you know, like... Um, what's he being naughty with? You what's, know, what's his face from Ferris Bueller? Ferris Bueller? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's the fucking actor's name? Well, um, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, something like like that, where he's like, what the he's the, killed two people. The in... rod, the rod of broad. Um, <laughs> bring that down on you. No, there's not actually oh, much really? about him at all. Um, oh, okay. The only sort of thing that I've seen that's quite contentious at the moment is he um, has been involved in quite a few things online recently about nepotism in 
in Hollywood about how things like you just mm. your sons and kids and that sort of thing and him being quite like it's not nepotism it isn't nepotism right. he doesn't well, but you look deeper and really what he's arguing is yes they get a chance but it's still a meritocracy in his mind he thinks if you're bad even if you're a relative you're mm. not going to keep getting work you do get that advantage but there are still hurdles for you yeah. in that because there's an expectation for you as well which isn't as hard as having no, no foundation yeah, it's, I imagine it's, it's nepotism in, in the getting your foot in the door like guaranteed but yeah. it's not a guaranteed job it was um, what he's saying what was it? it was it was when some someone tweeted about um steven spielberg's son was doing a short film they didn't mention it was a short film at the time but it has like sean penn's son in there it has someone else's son in there it has someone's daughter in there like it was all like all mm. it was all like young celebrity you yeah, know the kids yeah. of it and he went yeah but we all have passed we have to get there so he got quite a bit of backlash for that because he was it, people took it as he was saying there is a nepotism where he was saying no everyone's got their own thing there but you have to be good enough to survive in it he yeah. wasn't saying that you shouldn't be given that opportunity just no it's like it's, it's like um i mean it's like over here you know it's it's like literally if you grow up like in london you've got a better chance in the acting game than yeah definitely someone who lives far away because it's just that's where it is and it's the same if you if your parents are in it, you're just there already. That's it's just that's that's, that's it. it. But that's as you say, he left film school to go get an agent, which yeah. you know, he, he, he could it wasn't like just... it wasn't like he rang his dad and was like, "Oh, can you just get me in? Yeah. Can you do that?" No, I mean, yeah, he brings his family in, but that's the same with anyone. You look at a lot of films and stuff where they just bring their buddies. Like, look at Adam Sandler. He's a prime example. You just bring your buddies along to be in the film hmm. and stuff like that. I, I, I don't, I don't agree. There isn't nepotism in Hollywood. There's not. You can't say there's not nepotism anywhere. There's nepotism everywhere. Nepoti- you work. The world runs on nepotism. But by the same token, um, is it the worst thing in the world to go out and just defend because you think you know what? If they're try- still trying to make art and they're working hard for it, hmm. good for them. And that's pretty much what it was. So that's pretty much all I've got for it. So yeah, it's quite a charitable dude. But not much in the way of bad stuff. I think he's cool, quite. Dude. I think he's quite a nose to the grindstone sort of person. He's always looking for what his next work is yeah. going to be. He doesn't seem to have much, which probably might might have led to that sort of temporary split. Like, you know, spend some time with your bloody kids. <laughs> stop, stop coming for the next next film. Um, mm. Yeah, so I think we're going to put him on our nice list. Hey, nice list. So he's he's going. He's getting presents, presents, all those presents for Christmas and for <laughs> Hanukkah. Um, so he gets them for both this year. Uh, should we have a look at his notable accomplishments? Yeah, some good yeah, ones in here. So he has one Emmy, as I said, for his TV show The Ben Stiller Show. Mm-hmm. He has a Saturn nomination for his acting in The Secret Life of Walter Mick- Mickey Mitty. <laughs> um, Twelve Teen Choice Awards nominations for him, with mm-hmm. one win. For choice hissy fight in Zoolander. Nice. <laughs> Wonderful. 30 nominations for the MTV Movie Awards, but only three wins. One is Best Fight for There's Something About Mary, Him versus the Dog. Best, best Comedic Performance in Meet the Parents. And Best Villain in Dodgeball. So yeah, some good, some good quality things there. Yeah. Also, he has a Guinness World Record for Longest Selfie Stick at the Zoolander 2 premiere. Of eight oh, mid- of eight point five six meters. Amazing, that's um, classic. That he does have a prestigious award though, which I feel like needs to be brought up. He holds the distinct Razzie Award record, a nomination for most titles in one year. He was nominated in two thousand and four for worst actor in five of the six films which he appeared in. Fuck off. Um, they were Along Came Polly, 
Yeah. And Command the Legend of Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Envy and Starsky and Hutch. The only film he was not nominated for that year was Meet the Fockers. Sorry, so he got a Razzie for all of them. He got nominated for got Worst nominated. Actor in all six films. But he wasn't bad. They're not bad films either. No, he just literally, they what just the seemed fuck? to aim for him. I don't know what it was, but... That's a real gun in for some. I honestly, I thought that record was held by like Adam Sandler or something. I would have thought. <laughs> he's, <laughs> the only, he's the only person to be up for Worst Actor and Actress, isn't he? Uh, because well, for yeah, Jack and Jill. Yeah, for that. Um, it was... They got noise for every awards, wasn't it? That one. Yeah. Um, it was like, uh, what was I going to say? It's was it worst romance, worst on screen couple, and stuff oh, like that. It was shit absolutely like destroyed. And uh, Al Pacino won as well, didn't he? Yeah. Which is is a sad thing to have. But yeah, that's his awards. That's all we got to celebrate for Mr. Stiller. He's got no Oscars. No. Really? What would you give him an Oscar for? Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Bear in mind, he'd have to compete against Robert Downey Jr. that year as well. Or do you well, mean for Robert, Di- Robert Downey Jr. was up for it, wasn't he? I don't know if he was. Was he? I don't think he was. I don't think the. Um, I don't think the Academy. I brought... thought there was a. I Where they... was it that Cooper Gooding Jr. made that comment then about the the, the, the blacking up? What the only black actor to be nominated was a white guy play? Was it something along those lines? I'm, so, I'm sure there was something like that. Oh, that I can't remember. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Anyway, should we dive in to the movies of yeah. Mr. Stiller? Because I can't There's wait to talk them. about uh, Ben Stiller's movies. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're just really two young guys who ha- uh, we're fortunate enough to be involved with a lot of great people wh- whom uh, it's coming upon us to... There's no way we're doing this in less than 20 seconds. Um, so, uh, obviously normally we do like a new release is why we're doing a film. Mm. Um, so we always do a notable film. I choose a film and Josh chooses a film. This time we haven't gone for a notable release, but... I think a notable anniversary, I mm-hmm. suppose, in my mind. Um, and the film that is the reason we're doing this is Zoolander. It's celebrated its 20th year anniversary, which makes me feel very old. Mm. But yeah, 20 year anniversary for Zoolander. And we've both chosen films for, for Mr. Stiller as well, which was obviously a hard choice to choose from which of his many, many films do we want to discuss. Yeah. Well, we've already discussed... Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Uh... Any others? No, we haven't. We've mentioned a couple on other podcasts. Yes, because we have. they're similar directors and stuff. But um... I think I think that's the only one we discussed in detail. So we didn't include mm. Tropic Thunder in this. Um, I chose um, the nineteen ninety eight classic. There's something about Mary. Was it ninety eight? That ninety eight that came out. And Josh chose. Oh, I chose Meet the Parents because I th- I think that's just. I think that's one of his. To me, that's like that's what the, you associate with him, is it? Yeah, I think I got a. The first sort of Ben Stiller DVD I had was a box set, and it was one of those ones where it had two DVDs in it. Oh yeah, yeah I know the ones. Yeah, <laughs> and it was Meet the Parents and Zoolander. Oh really? I think yeah. On each side. Oh no, along oh, was, it, was it a three disc? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was. Yeah, it was Meet the Parents, Zoolander, and what other... F- Not Dodgeball, because that would have been too late, I'd have thought. No. Dodgeball came out the same year as Meet the Parents. No, Meet the Fockers came out in 2004. Oh, Meet the Fockers. Uh, oh, Meet the Parents came out in 2002. I'm sure, I'm sure it was three. Maybe it was just two. I know I had a multiple disc thing that had these. So the, <laughs> the Ben Stiller the, They were like my... F- yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's literally called that. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. Well, so yeah. should we do it in chronological order, as we always do? Have to, yeah. So the very first one we're going to do is there's something about Mary, which was actually one of his very first films, being it being 1998. Because you got to think he added little bits parts in uh, Happy Gilmore, etc. But this was sort of like one of his big, big break films. Um, and I'm going to try and do the plot of there's something about Mary in a minute, and let's see if I can actually remember how it all goes. You ready to tie me? <laughs> Uh, let's. Let, I'm warming up. I can't remember the names of any of the actors. No, not the oh, actors. Uh, sorry, I've just found it. Oh, what was it? It was Tropic Thunder, Zoolander, Meet the Parents, and the Heartbreak Kid. Weird one, the Heartbreak Kid. <laughs> yeah. I, also, think I don't think I've ever watched that Heartbreak one. Kid. Uh, I think directed by the Farrelly Brothers as well. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, there we go. So. And it's part right. of the Frat Pack, Frat Pack collection. Right. Well, I'm ready. I'm going to go for it. Long time. Not Along Came Polly, the nope. other one, Something About Mary. Something About Mary. So, it starts, we're back in time. Yeah. Still is in high school. Um, there's a special needs kid called Warren, I want to say, um, is being picked on because he's looking for his baseball. He goes to his aid, he gets punched, and oh no, Mary comes to protect him because Mary's actually the brother of this person. And Stiller and her kick it off. Oh my God, even Cameron Diaz, it's the girl of his dreams. He invites her to prom. She says yes. Wonderful. There's a whole scene at the house where he gets his testicles caught in some zips. um, And the date doesn't happen. Flash forward in time. And he's telling his counsellor, a therapist about this, who's not listening. He's out eating a sandwich. And he comes on and he realises, you know what? I need to get back in touch with this Mary to move on with my life to sort of see if anything could have happened from it. His friend tells him to go to a private investigator who's actually just an insurance uh, scam assessor essentially to go and check out Mary he goes checks out Mary Mary is still smoking and doing everything right <laughs> so he lies to Stiller and says that she's fat and has no legs and has 16 kids <laughs> but oh no she's also moving to Japan don't get in contact with her he then leaves his job the insurance broker to go pursue Mary Stiller also decides you know what I don't care about this I'm going to also pursue Mary they start trying to pursue Mary at the same time also, Lee Evans is in this, and he's pretending to be an architect from America. Uh, no, a British architect, um, but he's also... Basically, all these men are obsessed about Mary. They all want to be in love with her and start the relationship, and even Brett Favre wants in on it. And basically, they all fight over her, and at the end, it's the two getting together and realising it's, uh, it's meant to be them. Yeah, I mean, yes. It's, it's, it was over, but... It was, it was a hard... It just, there's a lot to... Uh... There's a lot to digest in this film. <laughs> yeah. You'd never seen this film before, had you? No. And do you feel like you missed out on something and you're glad that you got to watch it? It's such a weird film. It's such a I didn't weird even film. I didn't even mention the come in the hair scene, which is like synonymous with this film. Well, I'd, so I didn't... I clearly didn't know anything about this film because I'd never seen that. I'd never seen the dog fight. I'd never seen... As in, you know, him fighting the dog, not like, a dog fight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, he's not suddenly got uh, like um, yeah. a thing fighting the the Luftwaffe. <laughs> um, yeah, weird film, good film, but weird. Film. Sorry, do they end up? To, they don't end up. They together. do. They do sort of end up together. I th- I feel I take it as they end up together. Although it's meant to be like she's meant to get with Brett Favre. I think they actually end up together. Is how I take it. Oh like, really? They're, they're going to go on a date and see. You know what? All the lies, all the deceits gone. Mm. You know what? He's it's because of Warren. Letting him touch his ears. Yeah, she's like, yeah. you know what? This is the only person, like, he's actually part of the yeah, family. Yeah, but Warren like, loves Be- Brett Favre as well. He does, but he doesn't <laughs> let Brett Favre touch his ears. <laughs> it's, it's, it's stupid, 
slapstick comedy fun that is very much of the late 90s. It's really nothing that I expected it to be. Going in, in my head, I always had, I always got this confused with Along Came Polly. And I think it's literally just like, it's... It's a Ben Stiller rom-com Ben Stiller rom-com. But it's not really a rom-com, this either. Girl's name in the title and (laughs) the, the, the sort of, the covers are quite similar. It's... You know, it's just like the girl. Yeah, I always got this sort of confused in my head, uh, reflecting on it. It was like the girl next door and stuff like that. It's how I took it as, but Mm. it's it's a very different film to those. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. Lee Evans is weird in it. Yeah, I I don't mind him. He's not bad. I prefer him as an actor than I do as a comedian. Which I mean, I like I like him as a comedian. Oh, do you? I I like him. Not I'm not like his biggest fan, but I enjoy. He's like two big stand-up tours. I thought they were good. Fair. They were their own thing. But like, I'm never going to go, oh, got to go see Lee Evans. Mm. But um, I think he's he's good. If you don't know who he is, very slapstick British humour mm. again. Um, his whole thing is constantly twitching and panicking and sweating through everything he has ever owned. Sweating so profusely. Um, but yeah, his, his American accent was was shocking in it, I have to be honest. <laughs> the the whole sort of... I think that... I, I, I reckon that initially... The job was he'd have an accent for the character he was pretending to be because that was like more natural. But I think they went, oh, you can't do an American accent. So you're the character yeah. for more of this film. So do your normal accent for that. Yeah. And then be American when you I think it makes more switch. sense to have the, the British accent when he's meant to be this architect and yeah. higher high mighty. The fact that he broke his back to be with Mary, it just... Adds so much more to it, doesn't it? It's so stupid. It's like it's like a caricature of the lengths that people go to to try and get someone. Now there and there it is, and there are so many good scenes and funny moments. Mm. Like I, I think if you speak to different people, they'll all have a different favorite moment in this film. Mm. Like I know the the um, so like the the come on the in the hair and stuff like that. Mm. They shot two takes of that because Ben Stiller didn't like it. He thought it wasn't funny and didn't think the audiences would find it funny, but they obviously did. He also argued that there's no way that a guy wouldn't notice jizz hanging <laughs> off his ear <laughs> for that amount of time. But it was, it's so good. Like the post nuts that you got to clean out the pipes. You got to yeah. do all this. And he's like, where's it gone? And guys, but like, I don't, th- although that I think is probably the most iconic scene in it. I don't think anyone will go, that's my favourite scene, for example. They might do, mm. but each person can have it. Cause it's, it's a long run. It's about two hours. It's a really long... F- it felt long. I didn't think it felt long. I enjoy it. I, I Oh, no, no, sorry. Don't but... go... I think... I, I still enjoy it, but it, it felt long. There was so much... There's so much convoluted story in it. <laughs> that's the thing. It's just like... There's so many sort of possible ends, and then it's suddenly like a new thing's in the mix. So it's just a bit like, oh, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> I I get that. I I do think it's one that I don't think it's problematic. It might be problematic because it's essentially four guys stalking a woman. Um, mm. Is it four? Is the insurance Three. broker insurance broker? Uh, I wouldn't say Brett, Brett Favre was stalking. No. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, but his yeah, friend four, who yeah. is um, Oggy who was has a restraining order against her, which he, we had no idea. So him having all those sort of um, the skin decaying on him as he does, the hives, yeah. the hives. That was all the actor's idea. He that wanted was... to be more mo- more grotesque throughout yeah. it, so he asked it, and it's it's the same actor from Scary Movie Two, is where I reckon most people recognise him, the one with the, the weak hand, or potentially as. Lily's father from um, How I Met Your Mother. 
he's in loads of things, mm. but I'm just trying to think the big ones that mm. people recognise him from. But he, yeah, he just gets more and more grotesque. Even though he's got a great life, he would rather be with yeah. Mary just for that. Do you have moment. a favourite moment? Um, I love... <laughs> My favourite bit is the interaction. I suppose it's not a moment, but it's the scene with Stiller and the Hitchhiker. I love the idea that this hitchhiker oh, with yeah. you know that um that eight minute abs I've got a great, great business idea it's called seven minute abs <laughs> well is it going to be as good as eight minute abs what's the thing so you got that extra minute if it's not <laughs> as good and it turns out that the guy's actually <laughs> killing people and then you get the then you get the interrogation scene where he's like I didn't realize I didn't realize it was a big idea everyone picks up everyone yeah, everyone, everyone does, does it, it yeah. and it's because he thinks hitchhiking's illegal which it is um but it's actually about the murder and it's just the cavalier that he, the way he does it. I think that's such a funny, funny, well done moment. Mm. I think it's weird that Stiller is like the lead in this, but he's not got the most screen time, I don't think. No. I Matt, think Matt Dillon, does. I think, has probably got more. I'd say, I'd say he's not, he's not the, he's a, he's the protagonist. He's just, Cameron he's Diaz has got the most screen time, I think, and Matt Dillon's got the second most. I like Matt Dillon in this. Uh, he was actually dating Cameron Diaz at this point. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah I think cool. they've been together for about three years at this point. Um, for me... Just because it set the tone, because I didn't know what I was in for, and it yeah. set the tone for the entire piece. Is it, is I it the think My favourite scene is in the bathroom, where it's just like this. He's he catches his nuts in, what's although that? it's not his nuts. What's, you, it's, what's that bubble bit? At the yeah, top? it's never like defined it's as def- to which. It's definitely his I thought that he the- said no because I thought that he said that it was his dick, and the dad's like, what. Why is your dick? <laughs> He's like, oh no! I... There's a, there's a scene where he goes, "How do you get the beans above the bat? The, the barrier?" Oh. So I think he yeah, has somehow maybe. twisted his balls. I don't know, but it's it's so good. What? Is it Keith? Keith? Yeah, David? yeah, yeah. Keith. Yeah, Keith David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who has such a great voice? Um... And he's, but but that's the thing. It's like he does it. He gets it caught, and he's stuck in the bathroom before prom, and he's like screaming. And he's been in there a while, and so. so... So, so the dad goes in to check on him. His, his date's dad. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Cameron Diaz's dad goes in to check on him. He's then like, oh my God, gets the wife in. Police. Don't worry, she can help because she's a dental yeah. hygienist. Yeah. <laughs> the, the police then come through the window. Then the fire department come in. It's just, the, it just really, I didn't know what I was in for. And that was like so drawn out and... Because it's like, going back to when we talk about Blazing Saddles, it's one of those gags that's like really funny when it happens. And then it gets drawn out, but it gets drawn out so far that it becomes really funny again. Yeah. And it's like the farting with the beans, which it goes on a bit too long, but then it doesn't, but then it gets really funny again because it's just so ridiculous. And this was one of those scenes for me. I I love love it. I think that's a great scene. I mean, I think I love that bit. I love, I said the hitchhiker, I think is my favorite. Um, I do enjoy the dog fight scene for some reason. He loves fighting animals. So stupid. So over the top throw like speed and fucking dog treats. though. in the window. Um, I mean, how many did you give him? I don't know, six. What? <laughs> Is that enough to kill a dog? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but it's, uh, Matt, um, yeah, Matt Dillon overhearing the conversation, getting the fake teeth in his face because he thinks that. The Brett Favre cameo is brilliant. There's so many good moments throughout it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a hard one. How would you improve it? Are you going to say shorten it, remove some of the things? I think it needs all the 
convoluted nature, but maybe, I don't know. I don't think it does. I don't think it needs all of it. I think that they're all, it's all very funny. I think you still have a perfectly serviceable film if you yeah. cut out one or two of those love interests. I think you, it would have still been a great film if you just had, uh, are you going to say get rid of Lee Evans, essentially? No, 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 but, but, but Lee Evans and the uh, Oogie. Like, I think it would be, would have been a fine film without them and Brett Favre. Yeah. It would have been fine. I think it still would have been as funny because, in all honesty, I don't think there are any gags that Lee Evans is a part of that Matt Dillon isn't. Yeah. That would get lost because he'd still be throwing the dodgeries. So I don't think you lose any comedy by losing him. No. But you shorten and tighten the film. Likewise with Oogie, it's a funny, weird reveal at the end, but it's not—it's not needed. It's no. just an extra gag. Which I think I, I think they all pay off. That's the thing. The jokes do. Pay yeah, off, they so pay I off, agree. but I don't know that they pay. They pay off in a joke that wouldn't have been there, but I don't know if the setup is worth it. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I, I I like them all. I mean, what I'd probably reduce is the amount of surveillance at the point, like. She's got mm. the partner in... She's got the old woman in the house that's like a confidant. But for some reason, they bring her friends in just for a couple of scenes that then never come back again. Yeah. Almost like you didn't need all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean... I think it made the life feel a bit more realistic, It did. Though. It did round it out a bit more, but you, you yeah. didn't necessarily need it either. So I think that's... Pro- if I was going to try and condense it a little bit more, that's mm. where I'd go. Because I, I don't think... As I said, I, I think it's good. It's funny. It's enjoyable. It's never going to win an Oscar. It's never going to be the best film in the world, but some people are going to just love it because it's got something, like, yeah. a point with them. Um, what did you give this as a rating then? Do you believe I gave this a three? I gave it... A three. Yeah. I, on here I've got it, so I don't know if I've got it right on there, but three and a half speed lace dog treats is what nice. I've done on reflection. But yeah, so three, three and a half, so it's a 3.25 from the pod. I think that's a fair reflection of the film. Mm. Um, there are people who are going to watch have watched it when it first came out. I think it's going to have that extra sort of moment for them because it was beginning of it. I mean, it's, it's when you watch a film, isn't it? Where it's, whether it's got more value, I suppose. Oh, what you mean, era wise? Yeah, maybe. I mean, like you might be first date that sort of thing. I think oh. now, I think now it's got reflection. There's a lot of films like it, so it's not mm. that sort of uh, wacky, kooky sort of thing. Yes, well, it is, but it's just not the same. Should we move on to no- film number two, the film of the pod? Is the How next film came out is Zoolander. So 2001 is Zoolander. Mm. Um, a Ben Stiller directed film. Well, there we go. You Do see you'll go again. Yeah. Oh, let's let's go for it. <laughs> uh, ben Stiller is a is a model. Um, I mean, oh sorry. Let's go back to the end. There's a secret underground um, group of people we don't know. It's all in darkness, but they're unhappy that this child sweat labor laws and, and Malaysia's gonna <laughs> rebel against them. Switch to the present. They basically need to get someone really stupid to take over and kill the president of Malaysia. But how are they going to find it? Derek Zoolander shows up. He's having an interview. It turns out he's going for male model of the year for the fourth year running. But he's against Hansel, who's so hot right now, played by Owen Wilson. He goes to it. He loses. He still stands up to try and take the award from Lenny Kravitz, but it's not him. He then um, tries to cheer himself up by going for orange mocha frappuccinos with his four friends, um, who then burn themselves in a gasoline fire. He goes back home to his dad's a coal worker, but it doesn't work out there. So he comes back. He then gets recruited by Mugatu, played by Will Ferrell, who is uh, the head of this uh, organization, to kill the president of Malaysia. <laughs> he agrees to it. Um, he goes through some secret training to become it. But don't worry, it's all been blown open by the reporter that he's with because also they have um, this sex addict helping them, the hand model. Long story short, he goes in, he can't miss the show, 
he goes to kill the president of Malaysia because of the trigger of um, relax. Relax. I was about to say respect. Relax. Um, but he breaks it through because he managed to do a special look of Magnum and save the day. Yes, but he's Fuck. been hiding. <laughs> that he's been hiding. Oh god, it's, it's there's a lot in there. As I said, I could probably gone through scene by scene because I I know this film inside out. I think it's one of my most watched films. Really? Ever? ever. Yeah, I really wow. is. I, I love this film. I don't know. It's one of those films I feel I will watch and there isn't a beat where I'm not... Uh, I'm mostly not laughing, but I'm enjoying every like, line. Mm. Yo, there's a joke there. There's a joke there. There's no pointless... unless. Well, there are pointless unnecessary scenes. It's a comedy. That's yeah, the point yeah, of them. Yeah, of but course, you're never yeah. going, that joke didn't land. That joke never landed. Yeah. That, I, I, I enjoy it from start to finish. Yeah, I agree. I, I love this. I have quite fond memories because I remember... This was one that we watched. A sleepover film? <laughs> no, we watched it as a family. Oh right. My parent, my parents loved loved this. Like, like they love you know all the the meet the series and all that. Um, but I think when we got that Ben Stiller thing, we were like on holiday or something. So it was just like this is something you know when it's we're pissing yeah. down outside, we'll just sit in like in the middle of the day and watch it. Um, and ah, oh, it's just it's just a classic. It's. So quotable, and endlessly quotable. Calendar really gave me an example to show my range. <laughs> Just the same phase: El Tigre, Ferrari, <laughs> Blue is Steel. It, is it at the end of this one, or is it during the next one where Mugatu's saying, "Doesn't anyone realise they're the no, same?" No, it's this phase? one. It's it the goes, end of it, isn't I it? I can't be there and yeah. easy. I'm actually taking crazy pills, <laughs> and that's just before he throws it, and then yeah. he goes. <gasps> It's beautiful yeah. <laughs> for, for Magnum, which stops the, the M shuriken he's going to throw at the Malaysian president. Uh, this film was actually banned in Malaysia. Is it? <laughs> yeah, because it's an assassination, assassination plot to kill the president of Malaysia. That's so fucking funny. Ignore the handsome celebrities, Derek. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's just, there's so much about this. I think... For my for my favorite moment. Oh, you're jumping straight to favorite. I'm moment, going straight eh? for it because because I just I love it and it's. I kind of want to choose not a favorite moment but a favorite setting because my two favorite moments of the film happen in the exact same place, and it's the you googly. Do you not know what a, <laughs> you don't think I know what a you googly is? I'm a you you googlizer. I'm not a you googlizer. Oh, and it's the other bit and the stamping on the glass. Yeah, it's just the the whole. <laughs> The the but why male models and then <laughs> male up. models are the perfect killing machine. They've trained the physical condition. They can get into the hottest celebrity clubs and they can't think for themselves. <laughs> but why male models? <laughs> it's just seriously. Like, <laughs> it is great. The that is just I and I think it's so well. It's just, it's it's really well acted. This which I know a lot of a lot of comedies especially with these as we've said yeah. like the frat pack they're sort of playing versions of themselves yeah it really feels like everyone in this got their teeth like their just teeth their teeth their teeth teeth there's no s oh, on it's the just end. teeth that's just teeth <laughs> what's got what's, their... what's a plural of teeth yeah <laughs> i know what the fuck what's wrong with me it's, i'm a good you googleizer <laughs> it feels like everyone got their teeth into this into their roles in this. I agree. I don't think at any point... Because, like, Will Ferrell as Mugatu, just... So good. Full full into it. It's David Duchovny, isn't it? Is the, mm. uh, the hand model where he's yeah. being serious. Um, ben Stiller is so good at... Owen Wilson just being like, yeah, just cool. Like, oh, man, I just looked up to you. So I was on this uh, Tibetan trail and yeah. I met these dwarves. And it's like, all right, so okay. 
But yeah, they all they all lean into the role roles. Jerry Stiller as mm. Morty Ballstein, um Ballstein, isn't it? Ballstein yeah, yeah, is so great. As Derek's agent is great. Um Alexander Skarsgård has a bit part in this, mm-hmm. which is crazy that there's young Skarsgård getting um satellite um by gasoline. Yeah. Every, as I said, every bit in this, I laughed the whole way through. And they have so many cameos in this film as well. Like, Donald Trump's in this film. Yeah, David Bowie. David Bowie doing the, the walk-off the judging. Wa- it's a walk-off. Um, and that's... Um... What? Not Billy Zane. Who are you talking about? I don't know what you... Yeah, the, the who's the, the... Yeah, it's Billy Zane. Billy Zane. The guy, the guy who's the, like, the DJ... Oh, uh, no, not Justin, Justin Theroux. Justin Theroux it is, sorry. Uh, cousin yeah. of Louis. Yeah, who's like a huge director. Yeah. And it's just it's it's such just a weird the, part as, that he As a DJ with fucking dreads and a gold tooth who has yeah. a breakdance break battle against, um, oh, against Owen Wilson. There are so many good bits in this that so it's hard to choose. Um, if I'm going to, I mean... I think my favourite part is still... <laughs> it's such a, It's not even the best part, but it's my. It's one of my favourite parts. When they uh, get Zoolander in to be the model for uh, Mugatu, mm. and they go, what about this? And they show the model of the Derek Zoolander school for yeah. kids who can't read good. He goes, what is this? A school <laughs> for ants? The school needs to be at least three times <laughs> to get the... You're like... Amazing! That is yeah. so good. Um, and I mean, oh. I think that's become like the most iconic line. <laughs> cut the black lung. Oh. I do it all the time. Yeah, I've got a cough. I literally say I've got the black. It's Not John Voight, Amby Turner, and all that. It's like, oh, John Voight. Yeah, Vince it's Vaughan. His, <laughs> Vince Vaughan is his dad and brother, and another guy is his brother. I thought they'd have had someone else essentially in there mm. as his brother, but it all just every part in it is really enjoyable. Everything's so good. I love the bit the. Just the it's the constant digs at these these guys being thick, and it's like the second that you think they're doing something good, and you're like, oh god, you're so dumb. It's the like when the files are in the computer, oh, and they do and they <gasps> in do the, the two- computer. It seems so obvious now. And they got the two thousand and one montage before <laughs> yeah. it, where they're like slapping it and I mean, smashing it up. Oh, it's it's brilliant, and it's like just before it, they've. Derek's like I used to do my own makeup beforehand if you've got anything just for touch-ups don't worry and they come in as a black guy and an Indian guy as janitors that are clearly not them yeah. and it's just like oh just clean themselves <laughs> off oh, the thousand cotton wool buds in the bin after he's been in it's honestly I love this film I yeah. laugh the whole way through it really so does it you love it so much how would I improve yeah, it would I, don't, you, I don't could think, you um, get rid of Donald Trump uh, it's such yeah. a minor thing but Trying to think of anything else I would add. Or, um, I personally don't find there's one scene I don't. Ha- I think there's a joke that I don't particularly like, which is the okay. massage sequence where the dick tries to karate fight the woman. Oh yeah, I don't particularly find that funny. Really, that's like one of the the only joke that doesn't land for me. And I know oh, it's really. I like the fact she's looking and trying to ignore the situation, mm. but I don't find the actual. Joke of like, the person with the sticks trying moving to fight around it. it. Yeah, it just oh fair. Fair. The bit, the bit that doesn't land for me, which you know, as we said, it's it's very hard to improve this film. So for me, it, yeah, as as you said, it's just the bit that doesn't land. I don't really like the orgy bit. Oh, where uh, yeah, it's yeah. like it's just it feel it doesn't feel necessarily out of place, and it's Six. the stuff that comes afterwards is quite fun. Like the comments about it afterwards, where it's like there was a moment where you were sandwiched between the two dwarves <laughs> and the Tibetan monks, where yeah. and it's like that's really funny. 
But the actual it's quite long for just, what it was. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It just and the lead into it as well. I, where I they were getting high. It's. I thought you meant the comments. Where no, six, it's six hours. Wait, six, oh, yeah. six days. Oh my god! <laughs> no, six six years. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I thought you meant that, but yeah, they're getting high for it. And oh, that, have you just remembered another scene? The jo- no, the joke just before that about where, where she's like. I have an eating disorder. I have bulimia. And they're like, uh, everyone does, no, dummy. dummy. <laughs> you guys make us feel so bad. Yeah. Which is so, it's so good because it's a joke, but it's also like, yeah, I know you feel bad, but it's not the models making you feel bad. It's the actual people who are hiring us yeah. and forcing people to be in that yeah, situation. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a clever film. It's a really clever film. Who is it him? Ben Stiller um, wrote it with um, a guy called... Oh, can't remember his name now. And I feel really bad because the reason why the Zoolander 2 was delayed for as long as it was is because the other guy who he worked with, his really good comedian, killed himself in 2004, shot himself. Oh, um, f- so it pushed the whole delay right. on it. Um, I feel really bad not remembering his name because I was looking up and he he's great. He shows up on um, quite a lot of the late night shows early on mm. and he talks about his... Um, he's got a girlfriend called Lotion and he mentions her and stuff. But he's, he's a really funny, funny guy. He begins with a D, I think his name is. Um, Drake Sather. That's it, Jake Sa- Drake Sather. Um, or Sather, I can't remember. Oh, this is like, he only did Zoolander. Yeah, that was literally it. And it was, um, they did little bits of it for like, um, I don't know if it was for SNL. SNL, it looks and like And then it developed into a full length film. Oh, wow. Right, so they were, t- did Ben Stiller direct it? Well, yeah. Uh, ben Stiller also directed this. It's, it's a Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller film. He loves the direction, does Ben Stiller. He loves the direction. I think he's very good at it. He is good. He is good. But yes, what did you give this film then? I gave this a four. Um, I also so gave four looks from me. I gave it four models of the year awards. Nice. <laughs> um, yes, and I think that's fair. Um, should we jump into the last film that we're going to discuss? Yeah, let's hit it. Go um, on. It's uh, now meet the parents. It's a year or two later. I can't remember. Two thousand twenty-three. As if this is the old, the, the the newest of the films. That we I mean, played. we had to we had to look at this sort yeah. of era. Uh, so, um, so meet the parents. Um, ben Stiller plays a male nurse. Um, who is about to engage, uh, propose to his girlfriend. As he is down on one knee, she gets a call from her sister, who has just got engaged. So he decides... Oh, and then she says, oh, very sweet that her her sister's fiancé asked for her dad's permission to get married. He's very old-fashioned like that. But so they realise he can't do it without the dad's permission, so they go to meet the parents. Um, turns out... Her dad is a bit of an arsehole, played by Robert De Niro, is an ex-CIA spy hunter um, and just puts him through hell. We get introduced to various characters. Owen Wilson plays her ex-fiancé, who she didn't really ever mention. Um, and just the, the, the hijinks that come with it. It's all for the sister's wedding. It's what they go back to feet for a um, Yeah. It's just... Yeah, that's it. It's just it's a story of him trying to win over the father's affection, essentially, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's so good. <laughs> and Robert De Niro is so good. <laughs> I think this is a real fun, interesting turn for Robert De Niro. Mm. Um, I mean, this was this. Is... I was trying to work this out while I'm watching. It. Is is this like the first sort of comedy that he did? Oh, King of Comedy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not too sure. I feel like this is very much. 
I feel like it's one of the... the f- to be fair, I think it's one of the few. I don't think he's really done that many. Even in his later years, he's I think only he's, done a few. I think he's done a lot more <clears throat> recently, um, Robert De Niro, hasn't he? He's, uh, just, oh, he's, he's just done the one with Zach Efron? Um, what, Bad Grandpa and stuff yeah. like that? I mean, I think that was about three years ago. But I agree. But I, I don't know when he started doing the turn. This feels like the turn from Robert De Niro from... He's still going to do his serious acting, mm. but you know what? Let's throw my hat in the ring. I can do comedy as well, because mm. you know what? That, that That's something I haven't done before. And he was very good at it. I think he's the best part in this film. Yes, I'd agree. Um, I think I think I like him most, which is weird, because normally Ben Stiller's on screen. I'm like, yeah, Ben Stiller, you're mm. great. But Robert De Niro is the thing that makes this but film. But when Robert De Niro's on screen... You go, yeah. yeah I mean, sometimes you go, you got, you got a fight with it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. But I, I think he's, he's very good in this and very enjoyable. His love for his cat Jinx is, is second to none. I don't think there's been a love on screen quite like <laughs> him and Jinxie. Um, yeah, it's obviously this means a lot more. You, you, this is like a family film that you watch a lot as a kid as well. Funnily enough, I think I've seen, I well, I've seen Little Fockers the least. Because it's the worst one. Yeah, I think I did, I saw it in cinema and I think I've watched it twice since it's come out. Um, but I've definitely I've watched this one fewer times than I've watched um, Meet the Fockers. For me, Meet the Fockers is is the one out of the three because I love. We've also his done family. it in the wrong order. Actually, Meet the Parents was two thousand. I do apologize. Oh heck. But yes, this is sort of like where he turns into doing a bit more comedy. Beforehand, it's just pretty much solid. Mm. So this is like his first hand in it. Um, um, yeah, but it's it's just... I don't know. I don't know that this particular this film holds a particular spot. I, know I think it's, I think it's just... It. Hmm? A lot of people talk about this film. I think mm. a lot of people... I don't know if it's just our age range. It sort of is the right yeah. point for the comedy. But obviously it's, it's related to people trying to get engaged. I, I love the fact that he's an exotic um, flower salesman is his cover, mm. um, which obviously is the whole um, CIA, like it's always in a flower delivery van in the old sort of yeah. films. It's just a really f- clever little little nod to it. Owen Wilson is underutilised in this film, massively. So to me, Owen Wilson is what saves little fuckers. Okay. I think he's very good in that. Well, that's because it's Owen Wilson. I mean, but I think he steals that film out of, well, because Little Fuckers is horrible. I, yeah. I I don't like it at all. Do you really not? I really okay. don't. No. I I I'd recommend the the trilogy to be honest. If like for I I think this is it. the best in my in my opinion. It, this is the best, and it gets worse. Hmm. Meet the Fuckers isn't notice. It's not like massively worse. I think it's they're very much of a par- yeah. parity. Um, I just think this is a is a better is a better film in my opinion. Um, just because it's established the premise and it's yeah. you know this is the the jokes there and you know what it is. But, um, Fair enough. I think Little Fockers was awful. Um, as I say, I think you think Meet the Fockers is better as you've previously yeah, said. Yeah, I do. So. Yeah, but this, I mean, that's not to to do this one down at all. So, I still think it's yeah. So, what bits do you think are really good in this film? Because obviously, I think you're you're more sold on this. Sorry, you're more sold on this film than I am. I mean, I enjoy this film. I don't think it's like one of the best comedies. Like, it's just no one. In my opinion, this is quite a bit below where Zoolander is for making me laugh. I don't laugh as much at this film at all. Oh, I don't know. I yeah, I love it. I I think it's just it's all of the it's just the little bits. I think the <clears throat> the standout scene it's it's really hard because it's just like 
it's any interaction between the two of them. I don't think... I think the lie detector scene is The polygraph great. is great, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that it's necessarily the best scene in the film. I think the best scenes are like... It's like when, when they first meet and he's just chatting to her. He's like, oh... Nice car. So, so rent. Did you did you pick the car yourself? He goes, oh no, the, the you know the woman just gave it. Ah, oh. well, they say geniuses pick green, but uh-huh. you yeah, didn't pick it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's proper dad at first, like first boyfriend sort of jokes. I I think that's good. I mean, I think my favorite scene is actually probably not a really funny scene. It's the scene where uh, Robert De Niro goes into the airport towards the end to have the conversation mm. with Ben Stiller. I think that's a really nice way mm. to round off the film. Like it feels like oh he's grown. Still as great. They've both done what they needed to do to sort of work together. And it just, it feels like a really good culmination in the film. Is, yeah. Is that, is that it's point. Ju- it's just, I think it's very consistent. I think the best thing about this film is, you know, the, I mean, it's the whole premise of the film, but it's the interactions between those two. It De is. Niro and I think, I think, I think they make the... it. Um, what, what would you do to improve this film out of interest? Oh, it's... It's hard. It's it's hard. It's unfair because it's you know it, it's the crux of the the plot. But I don't. I the whole the the, the added family just pissed me off. <laughs> oh, see, I think they they increase the benefit. I I just found it a bit sort of plodding as a film. Oh really? Yeah, I don't think there's enough sort of punch or urgency to you know any point in the film. You say about like Zoolander where you can do it like scene yeah. by scene. I I genuinely think I could recount this film scene by scene because uh, it's just, and I think. Maybe I don't feel like that anymore because I'm so, I'm like, oh, this is leading to this bit. Yeah. This is leading to this bit. It's like the, that, I I think, you know, as much as I think probably the first time I watched it, I enjoyed it for the build up to these jokes. I get there may have been a, a slump where you sort of got it and it did feel plodding, but I think I'm out the other end where it's like, I know that this is queuing up for one of like, my, like... One I, of I my favourite bits or whatever. I just, I just don't find there's enough jokes for me to laugh at. It sounds weird, but I think they... It was almost like they were towing... They weren't sure how hard to go in on the comedy with it, which I suppose is probably where Meet the Fockers is an improvement for a lot of people because mm. it's... The comedy's like, no, we're going full comedy. This yeah, is what yeah, we yeah. Well, this one was sort of... Yeah, it's a comedy, but also we've got a lot of heart. We've got this going on. And that's sort of where... I, I just wish they'd lent more into... Let De Niro be funny. Let's still try mm. and win this affection and be the sort of stumbling bumbling foot in his mouth yeah. sort of guy and I would have I think it would have been just punched it that little bit further mm. I love all the stuff with the cat love all the jinxy stuff the I, jinx love, guy, I love yeah. the open, that's my favourite scene is when he opens the door and the cat's just shitting on the toilet he's like oh it just turns yeah. off the light and closes <laughs> it again like right this is this is where I leave it you know um, which then leads to the whole blaming the cat for flushing the toilet yeah um but yeah, I think that's the best bit. I, I to be honest, it's got a cat in it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sold on a cat. You love a cat, don't you? I do love a cat. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what, what would you give this film then? I've, uh, I've also given this a four because I, yeah, I really love this. And I think, sorry, we, I know we haven't talked we that haven't, much about it actually, have we? Me, we haven't mentioned. Hmm? Uh, what were you saying? What have we not mentioned? Um, her. I've forgotten her name. The the actress, but she, the the lead woman in this. She's just she's fabulous. I don't really feel like she got. To do much as well, though that's the that's the problem. Um, Terry Polo, yeah, I, I just, but I think she really does like you know she's got the this character to play it, but I think she just does it so well. She, you f- you constantly feel like she really loves Ben Stiller, which 
in a lot of these sort of film like rom coms, there's that you know the, the, there's the whole formula of the plot where yeah they sort of it's yeah. all great it's all great it's all, and it's getting better and better and then something really bad happens and then it all goes back up and normally the really bad thing that happens really affects the relationship of the two love interests in the film yeah. and in this I it felt that bad bit felt really it felt different to other rom coms in that. She clearly still loved him. He had just had enough of everything else. Yeah. And normally... It, it wasn't like a frustration at her. It was a frustration at the situation he was in. He felt like he couldn't win. It was almost like, I've just... You know what? I've got to wash but my I think she it, you know? did. I think she did that really well because I, I never felt like she was angry at him or anything like that. Or, or even that she was... Like, she was clearly obviously pissed off with her dad about everything, especially when it all comes out at the end. But... Equally, she was really trying to like balance yeah. the two and like be the the thing holding it. I, yeah, I get that. I I mean that's the thing. I, I think that's good. I mean, I've I've gone with my rating. I've only given it three. Mm. Uh, so I put it three days waiting for luggage because yes. I think that's roughly how yeah. long he was waiting. But yeah, I gave it a three. It just as I said, didn't doesn't mm. quite doesn't quite work enough for me. I don't think it's bad by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. I think I said I think Meet the Fockers is also a three. I don't think it's worse than it. I just think mm. they're both of a for pairing it just i didn't i didn't really watch it i think i didn't watch it until much later than everyone else as well i sort mm. of missed this in the in the still a comedy still a comedy train that came out yeah i think i might have watched meet the fuckers before i watched this i think a lot i think quite a few people i think not i think our generation is about five years between us, but i think meet the parents came out mm. sort of missed a few people and the meet the fuckers was sort of mm. in the cinema because that was 2004 and it was mm. also that was peak peak stiller as well wasn't it you know it's peak stiller you've got not just the cast of the original, but you've added in Dustin Hoffman, Babs and Dustin yeah. Hoffman, and you, yeah. But yeah, that's it. That's that's our films that we've uh, we've looked at this week. Um, not not massively dis- disparate between all of them. I think we've got a three point two five, a three point five, and a four. So mm-hmm. all all good. But then again, we chose ones that we we really enjoyed of his. Yeah. So exactly. Talking of films that we enjoyed of his and films we don't, should we move on to what a ranker is? Yeah. What a ranker! What a ranker! You like me right now. You like me. Um, do you want to do tops or bottoms first? Let's do tops. We'll just we'll, we'll do the usual. Yeah. Three, two, one, and then last. <laughs> so yeah, third for me, I've put in is Tropic Thunder. Which I think is going to be much higher in your list. Yeah, but that's fine. Uh, my number three is Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Really? Yeah, I'm shocked. Well, I'm shocked. You you like that film, but love that. Film. I I sort of eh, yeah. that film. You know, um, that's just just where I fall on it. Not that I think it's bad. I think it's good. It's got bits. I think it gets better as it goes on. That film. Yeah. Um, number two for me, The Royal Tenenbaums. Really? Yeah. Mine is the Mayowitz stories. Oh, which is you know no no it's, it's, bar. it's good I love it. it's good but it's it's not better than my number one which is not on your top three which is zoolander yeah because <laughs> it's his best film zoolander is his best film my yeah my number one is uh tropic thunder because i think that's perfect and <laughs> you know what i got no problem with that being number one <laughs> zoolander not being in your top three makes me angry <laughs> yeah but i don't it's i think it's a, i think it's a fabulous this is the issue i have I I was looking through his you know his his films. I was like, I have so many of these on four stars, and I think genuinely the rewatchability of Zoolander is much higher than the other two. But I think my actual sort of reaction the first time that I watched those yeah. other two films, I was like, oh my god, these are such good films. 
I get I get that. Um, I mean, Meowitz, I get. I I don't get Walter Mitty being no, that's there. fair. That's me. And I mean, you got be always other comedies. You got like Dodgeball, which I think a lot of people would be surprised isn't Dodgeball out there. was nearly. I think Dodge. This is for me. Dodgeball and Zoolander were much of a much were the this, two yeah. who were battling places out for these. Yes, it's a hard I one. I think they're both very good. So what is what's his worst film then? Oh, you're gonna hate me for this. It's it's the Cable Guy. I don't get that being the worst. Film. I, I hate that film. I so love much. that film. It's a it's and a it's directed his, was as well. it his? It wasn't no. his debut. Was his it? Debut, it was early. His debut was Reality Bites. That's it. It with, was early on though, wasn't it? And I just but I hate Jim Carrey, and that film is like entirely which is fucking insane. Jim Carrey, which is yeah, awesome peak insane. Jim Carrey. Um, <laughs> my I had two on one and a half stars of his. Did you? Yeah, one is uh, Zoolander Two. Oh really? Okay. I hated yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But his worst film is Envy. Oh, Envy, right. With okay. him and Jack Black. I thought you were going to say one of the Madagascars. No. Oh, that is actually, I do have Madagascar 3 on one and a half stars as well. Um, but yes, I, I think Envy is his worst film. It's him really? and Jack Black. They work together. Jack Black's a dreamer, has this idea of making a spray that makes dog poo disappear called Vapor Rise. Okay. And then he sells it. He manages to make it. He gets really rich. Stiller, Stiller doesn't make any money. And he gets richer and richer next to him. And then he gets angry, he loses his job, and he meets Christopher Walken whilst drinking in a bar. All sounds great, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. it sound great? And then it's all about them sort of battling. He accidentally kills Jack Black's horse. All these things go off. It's, it's a mess. Oh, I'm going to go watch that. But at no point... You, did, I think it was funny. You really sell your last places. Yeah. I, I think I've wanted to watch every single film that you put for last place. I go... <gasps> I yeah. need to watch that now. <laughs> but on paper, everything on it sounds like it should work. And that's what I'm trying to say. Mm. It sounds like it should be great. It just falls flat. It just misses every beat for some reason. Yeah, fair. Couldn't tell I mean, there are, there, are, there are films that do that, aren't there? Yeah. Anyway, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you all for listening again, as as I'm sure you are there. Um, we, we just check, check out our socials at onbwpod. That's on, just check out our Instagram, to be honest. That's where we put everything out. That's what we're doing at the moment. Um, and get in contact. Con- let us know what you think of the episode. Is it good? Is it bad? Who knows? But yeah, we, we do like to hear from any feedback, especially the clues to make sure that I'm not just making up stuff that goes wildly off kilter. Talking of clues, the clue for this next episode, he says as he's trying to make it off on the fly because he couldn't think of anything there. Well, it's my privilege. Thank you. Harry Potter actor calls for seven days a week singer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Harry Potter actor calls for seven days a week singer. Um, that's, and that's, that's the clue for, for this, this one. Um, I was going to say weekday singers, but seven day a week is what I've put in there now. So it's there, but I'll, I'll work out what I'm going to write. Do you get <laughs> it's something it, along those lines? It's something along those lines. I mean, you can work it out. You've understood where I've gone with it. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> um, yes. Again, thank you for being here. Um, as always, I've been Josh. I've been Josh. And we've been Josh. It's like trying to pass a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs>